0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. How's it going, everyone? It is Wednesday. Happy hump day. We are halfway there, halfway to the weekend, halfway to another Steelers game, and I'm holding true to what I said before the season started in week one in Cincinnati, and that is I'm going to enjoy the heck out of every single one of these games. I don't care if they win or lose. I really don't. I want them to win, but I'm going to enjoy this season no matter what. And so I am excited for this weekend. I'm excited for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and yes, Tom Brady, that dirty, lying cheater. Boy, that guy's a fraud. I hope you all see through the Golden Boy uh, persona, we'll put it that way. But I'm excited. I'm excited for this weekend. I'll tell you what, speaking of my ride-or-die crew, which you all came through in a big way in the mailbag segment coming up in the second half of the show, I do have to give a shout-out. I have to give a shout out because every now and then, one of you will do something. You'll say something on Twitter to me. I've gotten emails before that really make me take a step back and realize I I guess there's a lot more people than listen to this show than I ever thought would. (laughs) This is the third season for the Let's Ride podcast. Started it in 2020. And uh, this is is changing for me. I mean, every single season, the Ride or Die crew grows and it expands. And now all of a sudden, we're, we're having adults and parents getting their children listening. Well, here's a story. And this is from Mike Smith. He hit me up on Twitter. He said, Jeff, I often listen to Let's Ride on the way to drop my two-year-old off at daycare. I'll ask her if she wants to listen to Mr. Hartman, which is hysterical. That's what my students call me. If she wants to listen to Mr. Hartman. The other day, I paused it to hear what she was saying. Then from the back seat, I hear her say, quote, I want Hartman on. And Mike uses the hashtag junior crew. Now, that two-year-old is Deanna. So, Deanna, if you're listening to this Let's Ride podcast on this Wednesday, Hello, Deanna. How's it going? I hope you are enjoying your day as a two-year-old. I I'm very envious of your simple life sometimes, but you just know that your dad, Mike, is raising you the right way. Not with the Let's Ride podcast, although I appreciate it, but as a Steeler fan. So, Deanna, have a great day. Just like I hope my all of my Rider Die crew, even the junior Rider Die crew, has a great day. And I know that there's several of my Rider Die crew members that will have their their children listen to the show, and it's, it's, it's incredible. I, I cannot say anything other than that. It is incredible uh, that you all choose to listen to me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So here we go. Let's get this thing started. Oh, the Steelers. Man, the Steelers. These Steelers. I mean, we've got DEFCON updates. We've got injury news after Mike Tomlin's press conference, which, boy, was that a debacle. Not what Tomlin said, but the stupid organization. We'll get to that. And we have some news. So let's start with the news, as we always do. Or, uh, you know, Arthur Millette, this guy's been in the league a while now, if you didn't know that, and he's been cut a bunch. And everyone's heard probably about this now, but Arthur Millette on the sideline in Buffalo, he was not happy. And what was he not happy about? He was not happy that there were teammates that were joking and laughing around on the sideline. I get it. I get it. When you're getting lambasted and embarrassed in front of, almost a national audience. It wasn't a nationally televised game, but the majority of the United States was getting this game, the Steelers, at the Bills. And they're just over there just joking around. Man, that would tick me off too. And good for Arthur Millette for saying something. I mean, there's a lot of reporters that said that Millette was just tearing into these guys. Tomlin was asked about this on Tuesday, and he said, I I don't blame him. You know, your response is important. And And so... This also could lead a lot of people to draw conclusions here about the, the locker room in general. But please, let's pump the brakes on drawing the conclusions because, well, number one, we don't know. We're not there. Number two, what if what if one of the guys that was joking around was, I don't know, a practice squad guy? I don't even know if the practice squad travels with the team, but let's just say it's someone that it really isn't significant. And isn't, you know, one of the main players on the team. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but I'm just saying just don't draw those conclusions big yet. But good for Arthur Millette for saying something. Because on the field, you had people like James Daniels and Kenny Pickett that were saying, we are not going down without a fight. Figuratively and literally. And then Arthur Millette was on the sidelines saying, look, we're getting killed, you all better take this serious. Because Arthur Millette knows this could be done after this year. His career could be done after this year. He signed a one-year contract. So let's he he wants to get it right. I don't blame him. So Mike Tomlin did talk today. And he talked because he always talks. But before we talk about Tomlin's takes or talk talking, the Steelers organization, and I'm not talking about the coaching staff, I'm not talking about the players, I'm not talking about the scouting department, the the people that run that organization. I'm talking about the social media people, the people in the tech part of the side of things. How in the, how difficult is it to run a fleet, a flipping press conference. I need to watch my mouth because people like Deanna are listening. Um, they, to, just, to have a press conference streaming properly. I mean, it, it's like they're using dial-up internet back from 1996. It's like they've got out the Netscape or your AOLs firing up on the dial-up, and that's what they're using to stream this live. And look, not everyone has press credentials, Steelers. You don't give that to us, so we can't be there to ask questions ourselves. So we have to watch like everyone else, and we can't even do that because you all can't stream a press conference. It's really frustrating to me. Still, Tomlin talks, and that's all it is. It's just talk. And, and to me, when it comes to the Steelers, the players, everyone is freaking out about Deontay Johnson's comments on Monday. It's just talk. They're they're complaining about Ryan Clark's comments on Get Up on ESPN. Who cares? It's just talk. Mike Tomlin, it's just talk. The team is 1-4. I'm sick of talking. I'm sick of not, well, I'm, clearly I'm going to talk because it's my podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm sick of the players talking. I'm sick of the coaches talking. Just shut up and do it. So there's a Toby Keith, I'm a country music guy. He has a, a classic song, A Little Less Talk, and a lot more action. That's what I want to see. I No more talk. Okay, I'm sick of it. I'll, I'll, I'll be glued to Kenny Pickett's interview, and I'll watch all the interviews like I normally do, but I am just don't want to hear players talk about what they need to do. Just go do it. But one thing Mike Tomlin did mention that was worth noting was the injuries. Injuries are going to be a huge part of this team. We know this, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Here's what he said about the injuries for the Steelers entering week six. Cam Sutton, cornerback, hamstring injury is still bothering him. He said he's about the same spot as he was last week. They're hoping that he can get some, you know, rehab. I'm sorry, folks. This seems like it's one of those injuries that's not going to go away until he's rested. Until he's rested, you look at the upcoming games. It's so tough to say. Do you sit him against someone? I mean, you see, they're they're doing it with Akella Witherspoon. In a perfect world, Akella Akella Witherspoon comes back this week, which Tomlin said is a possibility. If he comes back this week, maybe you could rest Cam Sutton and give him a week to let that hamstring heal. Anyone that's ever pulled a hamstring knows. It feels great, you're out there, and then all of a sudden, Yank, he's starting back from square one. So Cam Sutton, that's a, that's a concern. Minka Fitzpatrick's knee, he mentioned it again, said they're going to have to manage it. Again, this might be one that lingers maybe until the bye week, and then they get some actual rest, and then we'll see how it goes from there, but that's going to be something you're probably going to see him on the injury reports starting today, Wednesday, when they have their first reported practice. Levi Wallace is in the concussion protocol and so is Pat Fryermuth. Clearly there there was nothing else to be said. We could ask about Pat Fryermuth, he's going to say he's in the protocol. Like so so that's just where they are right now. We'll see if they can return to practice. We've gone over the protocol a million times, so we'll see how that goes. I talked about Akella Witherspoon with his hamstring. Uh, Tomlin was kind of hopeful it seemed like it sounded like that maybe they get him back this week, at least at practice. The guys in practice in 2 weeks. We'll see you got to think, if it goes four weeks, they could have put him on injured reserve and gotten someone else in there. We'll see how it goes. Hopefully this week he's, he's getting back in there. Larry Ogunjobi has a back injury. We knew that. Some new names added to the list, though. Zach Gentry with a knee and Montrevious Adams with a hip injury. So those are just the injury news. Again, Wednesday, the first injury report. We'll have that for you at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you check that out. And then on Friday, I always recap the Wednesday and Thursday reports as we get you ready for the upcoming game. All right, it's Wednesday, so that means that you know we're going to update our DEFCON. We got our DEFCON, so in case you're just first time listening, I, I still remember the first time I heard this DEFCON. I think it was in the movie War Games. Uh, with a really young Matthew Broderick back in the 80s. And the DEFCON, I used to always think five was the, oh my gosh, we need to freak out. That's freak out stage. No, it's actually opposite. That's one. Five is the, hey, everything's smooth. We're good. Don't need to worry about anything. So in case you're just new to the show, that's what these numbers are. So let's go over this offense and defense. And I'm going to tell you not only what my DEFCON status is for these position groups leading into week six, but also how did it change from week five. Quarterback, four. I'm keeping it at a four because that the, the game, I know they only scored three points, but that game on Sunday in Buffalo was not on Kenny Pickett. People were talking about, well, he had the interception. You mean that one play, that one play, that one pass? Come on. Now, the guy threw the ball 52 times over 300 yards. It's not going to come easily. A, to be completely honest with you, it's come easier than I thought it would for him. He shows more poise in the pocket, the ability to read the defense prior to the snap, and go through his progressions during the play than I thought he would at this stage. So, quarterback, I'm not concerned about it, if I'm being honest. It's a four. It stays the same. Running backs, Najee Harris is struggling. That's something I want to talk about at some point on the show. I need to dig deeper. I need to talk to some people that know more about it than I do. But I've got it at a four. I still think that this group is good. I love Jalen Warren. If he gets more snaps, fantastic. Najee, I still think if he's healthy, and that's a giant if, if he's healthy, get him going. I like that group still. Four. The wide receivers and the tight ends take a hit. They go down one to three. Not only was it the the drops by Deontay Johnson, the inability to get two feet in, Chase Claypool had a drop. I thought he's improving though. But you throw in this these injuries to the tight end group. You talk about Gentry's knee, Pat Fryermuse concussion that's a that's that's two-thirds of your tight end room that's a problem so I have that going down to a three it's so not really performance based just looking about going into week six the offensive line stays the same at a four still really pleased with Chuk for I feel like he deserves recognition for how I think he's playing great Dan Moore has just been the I, mean, I listen to the Steelers fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts and I mean Andrew Wilbar treats Dan Moore like his own like it's just like it I don't know, the whipping post. If you listen to the Allman Brothers band, I mean, my gosh, the guy just is constantly saying how bad he is. I just don't think he's that bad. Sure, he has some bad plays, but everyone does. I have the offensive line at a four. I still like their trajectory of where they're going. Now, on defense, boy, these scores are different. Defensive line stays the same at a two. You throw in Larry Ogunjobi's back injury, that's not going to help matters at all. It might get uh, Isaiah Loudermilk on the field, but I didn't want Ogunjobi coming off to get Loudermilk on the field. Defensive backs, that's a two. It was almost a one. I got to be honest with you. I kept it the same. Defensive line was the same as well. I was close to going to a one. I'm just hopeful that someone like Akello Witherspoon will be back and maybe Levi Wallace can be back and make a Fitzpatrick will play and Terrell Edmonds, who Mike Tomlin did say is progressing through the protocol and he should be back in practice as well. If we can get those players back, then it stays at two. So right now I'm just being hopeful, keeping it at a two. And two is still not a good score here. Inside linebackers. Four, complain about Devin Bush all you want. He's just one of the myriad of problems on this defense. I've got it at a four because out of all the issues, it's the least of my concerns right now. Outside linebackers, two, the pass rush, what pass rush? It's awful. It's really, really bad. Alex Highsmith isn't even getting home. Malik Reed, don't even notice him on the football field. Jameer Jones, ditto. Same thing, two, not good. And special teams takes a hit, and they go to three. Chris Boswell continues to miss field goals. Presley Harvin did not punt the ball well, especially going into the wind. Just they need to be more consistent. That is the key. So there's my DEFCON update for this week. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes here. You know, I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia, and that's what we always talk about. It's a meat and potatoes town. That's what everyone said about where I'm from and where I live now is also considered a meat and potatoes town. The Steelers' response in week six. Boy, is that going to be telling. That's the title of this show. The Steelers' response in week six will be very telling. And it kind of stems from the question I asked on Monday, which is, where do they go from here? Where do the Steelers go from here? Well, I, you know, I listened to Dave Schofield's Stack Geek, which ran on Tuesday. Jeffrey Benedict's show will be on Thursday this week. They had to switch because of Jeffrey Benedict's. He's dealing with some personal stuff, so we we, get, we just pulled the old switcheroo on you. So if you listen to that Stack Geek podcast on Tuesday, you heard Dave Schofield really dive into the history of the Steelers under Mike Tomlin when they do things like give up 30 points or they have a 30-point defeat or if they score less than six points. And every more often than not, more often than not, they can come back and win the next game. And they often do score more points and actually put up a higher point total. So after listening to that, they've shown they can bounce back, but will they? Changes must be made. And we know this, and I, but I've talked about it before and I'll say it again. Change is just a change is, is really not what the Steelers need to do. But what they need to understand is that the changes are not necessarily with like starters and coaches. Sure, there's changes. Get George Pickens out there more. Talk about Isaiah Loudermilk getting a helmet. Maybe throw out, uh, you know, if Najee's kind of banged up, which we won't know if he actually is or not. Maybe give Jalen Warren a few more carries. Things like that. That that can be a change. Maybe Mark Robinson, if you feel like he's ready. I don't know. Those are some changes, but starters and coaches are not going to get changed. People want Matt Canada gone. That's not going to be a change, people. It's just not. It's not going to happen. It's not likely, at least not right now. So what are some changes? Let's be honest, and these are not keys to victory. These are just some changes that could happen that I would be really, really ecstatic about, both on offense and defense. Let's talk about offense first. The response, what is the response from putting up three points? Failing every time on fourth down. 0 for 4 in the red zone. Well, it's simple. Open up the offense. Open up the offense. I highly encourage every single person that's listening to this podcast to when you're done listening, go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You'll have to scroll down a little bit. And I want you to read K.T. Smith, who's our co-host of the Here We Go Steelers show on Fridays with Brian Davis. Read his three and out article. Comes out every Tuesday after a game. That's a typical Sunday game. Read it and understand that what the Steelers' offense needs to do is they need to put more, they need to mix it up with Kenny Pickett. Meaning, you can't do run-run-pass with a rookie. That's only going to set you up for further failure. Everyone's going to know what's coming on 3rd and eight. But if you can mix up a pass, those short passes to get some yardage, then maybe run, you're setting up a a third and manageable, third and three, third and two. They just need to open up the offense, and they being Matt Canada. Now, Mike Tomlin speaks on Tuesday and says, I'm very heavily involved in the offense. Okay, then, Tomlin, you need to do that too. You want to put your name in that hat, go for it. Another thing is, like I just talked about, avoid the run-run pass. I said this in the post-game podcast after the game. I said it on Monday's Let's Ride. And it is that Matt Canada has had moments where the play calling has been fantastic. He's had moments where you're, they're mixing it up. They've got the jet sweeps, the pre-snap move motions, all that. And then they go into a lull. They need to get rid of the lull, get rid of the lull, keep the defense on their heels. That's what you want. And finally, or not finally, be creative. Please just be creative. Throw in a couple reverses. They did it with Mitch Trubisky. Maybe they're just waiting to do it with Kenny Pickett. I'm not sure why. But still, throw in a couple of those double reverses. I'm not I'm not huge on flea flickers, but if that's what you got to do, you got to do it. And lastly, be aggressive. It reminds me, every time I say that, my brother and I joke because we've been to the same middle school and we were only three years apart and we both played basketball, never on the same team. And we had the cheerleaders there. And even I played football. My brother didn't, but they would always do the same cheer on the sideline. They'd say, "B aggressive, be e aggressive, be aggressive. So my brother and I will be golfing and we'll be sitting there and maybe we're playing in our, like there's a big tournament every year in the summer. And I'm like, man, what do you think about this? And he'll go, "B aggressive, be e aggressive. <laughs> So I want the Steelers' offense to be a little aggressive sometimes. You know, take a few shots. I'm okay with it. Do it in a a good down and distance. So, for instance, if you have a a second and two, you get eight yards on first down, take a shot. Trust your quarterback. Open it up. Now, on defense, the Steelers are obviously going to have weak spots, whether it's outside linebacker, whether it's cornerback and the defensive backs because of the injuries and stuff of that nature. But you got to protect those weak, weak spots. Mike Tomlin... Brian Flores, Terrell Lawson, and everyone else that has a name that is a part of the defensive coaching staff, figure out a way to protect those weak spots without weakening the entire defense. Second thing, just understand the limitations that come with those new players and those new faces and new spots. You got to understand that stuff. Understand what they can and can't do, and don't ask them to go outside of their limitations. Sometimes it might be more of a shell of what you want to do. But if what you're asking them to do is going to help them succeed, then that's what you have to do. And for the love of God, can we show something new? Can we show something new? A corner blitz from time to time? I'm not saying you have to do an all-out blitz, zero cover, stuff like that. But can we at least from time to time show something new that the Steelers fans haven't seen, therefore the other team hasn't seen either? And I'm going to say the same thing about the defense that I said with the offense. Be aggressive. B-E-aggressive. That's right. Be aggressive. It's okay. I would rather the Steelers try and blitz their way to victory, and at least they can say, boy, we went out and gave it a shot, than sitting back on their heels in a soft zone and letting someone like Tom freaking Brady dink and dunk over the middle, pick you apart, and, and have you die of a million cuts. That's exactly what playing Tom Brady will be like if they do that. If they go out there and say, okay, guys, we're just going to run the Tampa 2. Everyone ready? Okay, have fun. Tom Brady is going to literally eat them alive. Not literally. Figuratively. You all get my point. So there you go. Like Those are some changes. The response the Steelers have this week could be positive or negative. And we know that. That's not breaking news that's not Jeff doing anything that's crazy. It could be positive or negative. Positive doesn't have to necessarily mean a win. A win would be huge but if the Steelers are scoring points, the offense is doing some of the things that I talked about in terms of changing their philosophy, it could be viewed as a positive. Now the negative response, well, man negative response would be further down it would be further in that downward spiral that they're currently in. It'd be tough to even tougher to get out of. This is a game that the Steelers, if they're going to put out a product, it's at home. They haven't won a game at home yet. If, if they can go out and beat Tom Brady at home, and it's not going to be easy. I'm not saying that. My prediction will come up on Friday. Boy, would they need this. Boy, do they need this. But I'll tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now on this Let's Ride podcast, as long as... I still have blood pumping through my veins. I've got oxygen in my lungs. There will be no white flag of surrender. You're not going to hear me talk about the stupid NFL draft order, all right? I'm not going to talk about that. I'm not talking about free agent targets. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. There's no white flag with me. Even if the Steelers are mathematically eliminated weeks down the road, I am going to be plugged into this season because it's all about the future, It's all about the future. The Steelers, two to three years away, right? That's what we say. That's what I said. You might disagree, but that's what I said, and I believe that to my core. Two to three years away. If Kenny Pickett is the guy, you just found the biggest piece of the puzzle. So then in the two to three years that I mentioned, you start building. You get to work. Hey, we got our guy. Let's build this thing together. And they could do it in two to three years. They could be an actual contender. So that's why you're not going to hear me talking about the draft order. You're not going to hear me talking about – candidates of of prospects in the college hey we have shows that do that nothing against them but you're not going to hear me talk about that no way no way no how what i am going to be talking about coming up in the second half are a lot of questions that you all had stay tuned the mailbag's coming up be right back second part of this Let's Ride podcast. It is Wednesday, which means it is mailbag day. I put out the tweet in case you want to know, hey, Jeff, I want to ask a question. It's simple. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I I put out a gif every Tuesday. Now, look, if y'all pay attention, there's a new gif. I had done Shooter McGavin gifs and Happy Gilmore last year. I've been trying to find something. I said, you know what? I got to go back to Kenny Pickett's movie. When Kenny Pickett, when he was drafted, they did the draft questions. You know, uh, what Yin's talking about, they call him quesadilla Kenny because he said his favorite food is chicken quesadillas, buffalo, or is it buffalo chicken quesadilla? I think it's what it was. But they said, what's your favorite movie? And he said, Wedding Crashers. And I said... Hot damn, it's my guy. He's a bro. He's a lax bro. That's exactly what he's like. He's a frat boy. I love him. I love everything about him because I'm everything that I just said when describing Kenny Pickett. So I'm using Wedding Crashers now for the rest of the season. That is my go-to gift for the mailbag segment. So I asked you last week, you all did 42, 42 questions or comments on this tweet. You up the ante, 45. Let's get started. My cousin, Chris, Chris Haney. Jeff, this team is not good. The only thing I can compare it to is your fantasy team. Yes, I said it. I have many statements I would like to make, but they're probably not podcast-friendly. Anyway, first and foremost, Chris, you can shut the heck up, if you know what I mean. My, and We're not even in regular fantasy. He's in my Fanduel League, and my Fanduel lineups have been atrocious. I mean, daily fantasy. I get a new lineup every week. Every lineup has been absolutely bad. So he's not wrong there, but you can take your opinion and shove it where the sun don't shine there, cousin Chris. Anyway, do you see Warren getting the ball more? I like this kid. I like the kid a lot too, Chris, to be honest, I do think you're going to see him get more touches, but they are not going to abandon Najee Harris unless he is injured. Keep that in the back of your mind. Brian Haynes has several questions. As of right now, we have the number two. Oh, here we go. He's asking draft question. I just talked about this, Brian. I'm not talking about the draft. Where do you see us actually drafting? Uh, At some point in the first round. There you go. Other one from Brian. In your opinion, what is the biggest change that is going to happen? Lucky for you, Brian. I just talked about that a lot. I hope it's on the offensive side of the ball because they're healthy at least. Just open it up a little bit. Trust KPA to go sling the pigskin. Another one from Brian. Do you think Mike Tomlin's seat is warming up? Obviously, it's not hot because it's his first season without Ben, possibly the first before or below five hundred. Is it going to start to warm up? If It depends on how this season plays out. If they're able to rebound and get be in the mix or in the conversation, I don't think it would. And I don't think it is that much anyways. Brian's last one. Seeing the absolute disaster that this defense is without him, do you think TJ could demand more money if he wanted? No, I don't think he would. That isn't who he is. He still has, I think, four years left on his contract. That That's not going to be a, a talking point until at least like two years left. They're fine without it. They he signed that deal last year. All right, let's go to Doc M, Southside Doc. He said the Steelers seem to have overperformed their record the last couple years, especially in 2020. Is there a dramatic change in talent compared to the current team, or are there other factors involved? Yeah, I'll tell you what the factors are: Benjamin, Todd, Roethlisberger. You in know, in the the waning years of his career, a lot of people might have listened to me and said, "Man, he doesn't like Ben." I love Ben. I've always loved Ben. He was my favorite player from the moment he was drafted. His clutch factor saved the Steelers on more than one occasion, especially in the last two seasons. So they don't have that clutch factor. TJ Watt's injury obviously hinders the team every time he's out. But I'm going to say that, yeah, a lot of it comes down to the quarterback play. Maybe Kenny Pickett has that it factor. I hope he does. Okay, we have several from Heath Davis. He says, El Jefe, Pittsburgh needs to play better. And here's hoping that happens, but in my mind, when a team plays as bad as it did that game, there is only so much analysis and so much beating the dead horse can take. What's your most positive takeaway from the game? All right, simple. Pickett to Pickens. There you go. That's the most positive thing I can say. Pickett to Pickens, that connection. And it's crazy because both of them talked about how in the preseason, they didn't work together much. Yay! Yeah, they threw some out routes and stuff like that in individual sessions. They did not have a lot of game reps together, and boy, did they look like they're on—they're in sync. Like they are—I'm not talking about the boy band. I'm talking about they are on the same page. That's a good thing. That's very positive. Everyone should be ecstatic about that. Uh, another one from Heath. Oh, I, I, I skipped a question. Hold on, let me find his other one. Here we go. Question two. <laughs> Bigfoot, Mothman, Loch Ness Monster, Dracula, Wolfman, and Frankenstein's monster. You get to draft three of them for the Steelers. Who do you pick and what position do they play? Happy Halloween. Halloween. The only thing I like about Halloween is that it kicks off the holiday season. It's my least of favorite of the big three. The big three being Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. But if I had to pick them, I had to pick, let's see here, three. I'm going to take um the Wolfman at running back big foot at nose tackle and frankenstein's monster at linebacker there you go <laughs> happy halloween i uh, hope you enjoy it uh, yeah it's question three from heath at what point does the defender possess the ball on on what was, on a touchdown a wide receiver made a one handed catch and minka took the ball away ah okay Okay, so on a Bills touchdown, a wide receiver made a one-handed catch, and Minka took the ball away with both arms and held it to his body before the wide receiver crossed in the goal line. How does the one hand mean possession in that situation? This comes down to like a, a, a tie almost. It, you know, they, if they both come down with the ball, I'm pretty sure a lot of times the ball is given to the offensive player. I'm not sure. I'll have to double-check on that, but still. All right, Brian Haynes, I missed this one. He said, win, lose, or draw, I'm a diehard fan. Was this the most difficult game to watch in your memory? It was difficult mainly based on the fact that I couldn't watch the freaking football game. If you listen to my Monday show, you know all about that, my love affair with DirecTV. I mean, I'm driving all over God's green earth here in Western Maryland trying to watch the game, listen to the game. I'm just glad I told my wife this today, actually. I said, I'm just glad that that game wasn't close. If that game was close and I had to deal with this nonsense— I might have I might have broken something or someone, so I'm just glad. And so, no, that, that was not the most painful. Uh, the painful losses are the playoffs. Like, that's the painful stuff to me. State of the Steelers, thank you. Here, Daniel J. hosts a State of the Steelers podcast on Behind the Steel Curtain Network every Saturday morning. Said, yo, Jeff, how concerned are you with Boz? I get Orchard Park is windy, but the opposition dealt with those conditions as well with much more success. He's missed others, point-after attempts, and a kick out of bounds. You know, uh, this has been building with me a little bit. Daniel, that's a good question. I'm not at the, uh, you saw the DEFCON level one from four to three. That's the wrong direction. Uh, I want to see Boz just have a little bit more stability, a little bit more consistency. Everyone knows that that's all I want from special teams. Just be consistent. Like, that's all I ask. So for me, I'm not, you know, I'm not ultimately concerned. I just hope that they can figure it out. Cassie Galasso says, curious on what your thoughts are on what Juju said about learning more in Kansas City than five years with the Steelers could be taken out of context as a compliment to his new team, but also makes me think it was a diss at the culture recently in Pittsburgh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, he could have walked that line better. I'll put it that way. I try to put myself in these athletes shoes. So this he's sitting there. He's being interviewed. Maybe it's by, I don't even remember what game it was. I don't know who was interviewing him, but let's say it was some reporter. Who cares? Hey, Juju, what would you say the biggest difference is in Kansas City and Pittsburgh? Well, I'm thinking about how am I going to answer that question? If I'm trying to be politically correct, I'm going to say, you know what? Both great franchises. I played with some great quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. And uh, I'm just very thankful to be here. I've learned a lot from Andy Reid. And I, I just want to keep continuing my career. He could have done that, and he didn't. It reminds me of when Emmanuel Sanders left and went to Denver and kind of threw that jab at Ben Roethlisberger saying Peyton Manning was the greatest leader he's ever been around. Everyone's like, wait a second, what about Ben? And then that brought into his leadership skills and stuff. So, yeah, it was a little off-putting, but, hey, he's not with the Steelers. They didn't want him. What do you want? Next question from Cassie. I still believe in this team this year, lots of talent, and the O-line is looking better every week. What's killing us is penalties and other teams getting splash plays. If the blame should be placed on everyone – Players and coaches, what exactly will it take to eliminate these? The penalties, sometimes that's just a discipline thing. People want to blame coaches. And no, like Dan Moore, just he can't jump off sides. Like, don't jump off sides. Like, that's what it comes down to. And that, hey, you have Von Miller across from you. I get it. He's trying to get a jump. You're trying to get a jump. And that also comes down to the quarterback and the cadence. They're on the road. They're using a silent count. If he figured it out, that's tough. The stuff that really ticks me off, like the Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, illegal shifts, illegal uh, formations, that's the stuff that drives me crazy because that's a lack of attention to detail. Uh, in terms of the execute, the big splash plays, coaches have got to have them better prepared, and the players got to go out and they have to execute. Like that's just the way that it works. So. There you go. Good questions. Thank you very much. Eric Askew says, this might be a gimme question. Is TJ being out worse than having almost an entire secondary made up of practice squad guys and second stringers? I feel like we just experienced that in Buffalo. He said also, if you were to have a non-BTSC podcast with any Steeler past or present, who would it be and what would it be about? Ah, that's good. Now this, I'm going to give you, okay, a non-BTSC podcast. I'm going to cheat a little bit because I would talk about football, but I would talk about so much other stuff too. It would be one that's more based on leadership. And I would actually want to have that interview with Dick LeBeau. And I would talk with Dick LeBeau about life, playing in the NFL, being a Hall of Famer, uh, being a leader of men and how his teams just loved him He's a heck of a golfer. The dude shot his age more than once, and I don't think people understand just how crazy that is, what I just said. I'd talk to him about golf. It would be fantastic. I think it would be a great interview. I'd love to have Dick LeBeau on my podcast. Great question, though. Okay, Cassie asked another one. Misses one last question. Do you believe in butt retweets? Oh, my gosh. I didn't even bring this up. So this was from Cam Hayward. Everyone, and even This even made it to our Slack channel before it was deleted. He, he had... He supposedly butt-retweeted something that said how Coach Tomlin's clueless, but that at least he's proud of Cam Hayward for hustling down the field. I don't know if I believe in butt-retweets. I believe that maybe sometimes a guy hits the wrong button and then says, oh, crap, what did I do? And then once that happens, it's out there. You know, it's out there. They're screenshotting it and all that stuff. It never really goes away. So I don't know if I buy that, but what are you going to – it's it's just the, 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 the nature of the beast. We'll put it that way. Cheeseball 10. What is the key to getting Najee in the running game going? 20 yards for him isn't going to do it. No, it's not. And the one thing I want to mention about the running game and Najee Harris, this is something I thought about on my way home from work the other day. Najee Harris in the preseason was interviewed, and they asked, what did you do this summer? He said, I trained. He said, would well, you do anything fun? He goes, nah, I went to Mexico once. That was it. I'm wondering now, like, so Najee Harris is a workout freak, and he's all about conditioning and training. You do have to let your body recover, though. You do have to let your body rest. So I hope that that's happening because the people that train 24 hours a day, seven days a week are the ones that always have those nagging injuries. They always get those little bumps and bruises, those hamstrings, groins, hip flexors, things like that. So I hope that's not the case here. But I think that outside of him being healthy, the Steelers, last week, you cannot say that the running game has anything to do with the outcome. The Steelers, when you're down, and now they're only down 10-3 to 3 after the first quarter. When you're down 24-3 to 3 at halftime, you're not running your way back into that game. So Najee's numbers are going to be down. They're going to be low. And I'm wondering more. My question is, okay, so if, if they're not running the ball well with him, why aren't they using him in the passing game like they have in the past? That's my question about Najee Harris, and that's a question more for Matt Canada. Riley. Kranz asks, I hope it's not too late. You're not, it's not too late to ask this, but would you say the Steelers from 2014 to 2018 played a big part in setting the stage for the offensive heavy juggernauts we see today out of teams like the Chiefs and the Bills? If so, do you think we should have kept Todd Haley around? Uh, I do think that in hindsight, people probably realize, wow, we were pretty tough on Todd Haley. Todd Haley put up some crazy numbers when he was in Pittsburgh, meaning yard uh, yards points per game like these this that killer b arrow they were phenomenal and there were some issues but at, at the beginning of his tenure in pittsburgh everyone wanted todd haley fired so at least he has that to his name matt canada does not have the stats behind him to say well you know i, I think i get a shot but in terms of your question about oh fourteen 14 to 18 yeah i mean maybe that that they were loaded on offense those years just loaded if they just had a defense that could do a little bit, that 2017, especially when Ryan Chazier went down, if he doesn't get hurt, man, I wonder what that team could do. But that's, eh, it's it's you can't go back, can't go back and do it. Tank asked several questions with Millette's outspoken uh, ability of the players in the locker room, mixed with Harris sitting in in the hood locker room talking to Tomlin for hours after the game. Do you feel feel there will be or? Or could be an energy change, or will it take Cam calling people out? So they, what he's talking about is Arthur Millette on the sideline, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. The Najee Harris thing was that he was hit sitting down at his locker just dejected. And Mike Tomlin came over, pulled a seat, bench, whatever, up to him, and they talked. And you don't know what he said, but they talked for a while. I think that you have to see some type of spark. The Steelers this Sunday could benefit from just a touchdown in the first quarter. hasn't happened in a really long time. Just an offensive spark. Get something going. Get the defense being, doing something that It's going to be necessary. Not helpful, necessary. Tank also asks, on a scale from Weasel Boy to Lima Swede, how bad are Deontay, quote, I want $15 million a year? Johnson's hands. Uh, I'm not going to go Lima Swede. I'm not going Lima Swede. But definitely somewhere in between Weasel Boy and Lima Swede. He's just got to catch the football. I've said it a million times. Make the routine plays routinely. Let's go to Tendercat, Jeff, I'm going to my first Steelers game this weekend. That's awesome. Is there anything you recommend seeing at the stadium before the game or anything fun to do as a first-time goer? I want to make the most of it. Well, if you're going to Pittsburgh just for the game, well, there's a bunch of options. If you want a cool trip to the stadium, you can park downtown, take one of the ferries over. That's a cool experience. If you want to tailgate, there's a bunch of places to tailgate around the stadium. Uh, You can – if you have time, you want to go up the Duquesne Incline, you can do that. Get Go up to Mount Washington. Some really cool views of the stadium there. I used to tell everyone to go to Grill 36, Jerome Bettis' place, but that shut down, which is a huge bummer because it was great food and a great location. Uh, but uh, otherwise, if you're in Pittsburgh, you want to go down to the Strip, you can find some really cool places that sell shirts that are hilarious. You also go to the original Permani Brothers. And if you want to go to the stadium early, check out the, the Great Hall. Go down and and check out all the stuff from their Hall of Honor and all that. Just enjoy it. Just take it all in. It's awesome. Enjoy the game, by the way. Bredicus, he says, we've been spoiled as Steeler and Penguin fans. Yes, we have. They've been contenders for years. Since the Steelers are in new territory for most fans, the Steelers remind me of the Pirates. Let's not go that far, Bredicus. Come on. That being said, who are your favorite Pirates the last 10 years? Believe it or not, I do like a lot of the players in the current team. I do like Key Brian Hayes. I do like Brian Reynolds, a switch-hitting outfielder. I love Jack Swinski, the young kid leading the he was leading the NL in home runs at one point. I mean, how do you not like O'Neill Cruz? The guy is a six-foot-four shortstop that throws the ball harder than most pitchers do across the diamond. Um, but my favorite players in the last ten years, I love the Andrew McCutcheon years with AJ Burnett on the mound, um, some of the closers, Jason Grilly. You had Russell Martin. Uh, you had just Neil Walker, the Pittsburgh kid. And just Starling Marte. They are just so good teams. And when they had those years, the blackout just it was awesome. People that say Pittsburgh won't support a baseball team are liars. They will if you give them a team to actually support. Nick asks, ride or die crew, hey Jeff, do you think that focus and preparation are what's holding the offense back? It seems miscues and mistakes are prevalent. Did the defense get the depth issues exposed, or were they worked, worked against the Bills coaching and playing? I think it was both. I mean, the defense, man, look at the secondary I mentioned on Monday. At one point, they had Arthur Millette, Josh Jackson, James Pierre, Trey Norwood, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, that's bad. And so, yeah, the depth has been an issue, but I do think they got worked by the Buffalo Bills as well. Believer said, "Mom always told me if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything." Believers, someone please check on this guy, man. He, I think, like I feel like he's ready to jump off a bridge. He's just really down in the dumps. He's not believing in anything, and he hates Kenny Pickett. He doesn't think he's any good. I'm being, I'm just joking. Believers, don't go tweeting at me. I'm just joking, okay. He's just not sold on Kenny Pickett just yet. We'll put it that way. Tank asked one more. Since Tomlin had said it's time for changes, do you expect Claypool's time to be given to his college teammate Boykin? Johnson for Pickens and Pickens' old role to be given to Austin the third? I think this is where you might see some changes happen, meaning you might just see them say, look, we got to do something. We got to find something that works. We'll see. They didn't say anything on, on Tuesday, but then again, I haven't even watched all of it because the freaking clown show that is the Steelers organization tendercat asks another what do you think the root of the problem is the steelers are having young players coaching staff always hiring within i'd like your thoughts on this i think the root problem is that right now they're just not winning games they don't have a horrible roster they have key injuries at at at, their at well a key injury let me rephrase that tj watt it's just tj watt as the injury they're banged up in the secondary the offense is just really young and they're new And sometimes the scheme's not working. So I think it's a mixture of coaching staff, young players, and they just have to figure it out. And this happens. We just don't normally see it as Steeler fans. Sometimes it just happens. Tyler W. asked, wanted to ask you about my new theory of the Steelers' offensive woes. There's no deep ball attack. Do you agree? Tough to tell without the All-22 film. Do you think Kenny Pickett will hit those deep shots? Kenny Pickett can hit those intermediate to deep shots. Remember, Everyone said that they're not going deep enough in the beginning of the season when they actually were statistically throwing the ball deeper than almost every other team with Mitch Trubisky. Kenny Pickett, he doesn't have as strong his as arm as, as, as Mitch Trubisky. Everyone knows that. But he can hit those intermediate passes. Patrick Mahomes was not throwing the ball deep, and no one's saying Patrick Mahomes can he hit the deep ball. Sometimes you just have to be accurate and get the ball on the money, where it's supposed to be intermediate throws, I think he's gonna be very good at that. But I think, yeah, you gotta have that deep ball attack, even if it is just the threat of George Pickens. That's how these defenders they get so twisted around because they don't know what he's gonna do. He's gonna knock them on their rear end. Is he gonna push them deep and then come back to the ball? George Pickens should be playing more. We'll put it that way. Corey Eckenroth asks, has this been one of the more challenging stretches for you as a podcaster, writer, and fan in recent memory? What other time do you remember the atmosphere being somewhat like this? Uh, I I remember the 04 start in 2013. I I was not a podcaster or writer really per se at that time, but that was really tough. This year on social media has been really difficult. And it's because just everyone is just so down in the dumps, even with Kenny Pickett in the lineup. It's honestly, anymore though, I I don't really think about it that way. I just enjoy what I do. I enjoy this show. I enjoy writing about the team. I enjoy just being a fan. So it doesn't really get to me as much as it used to. I want them to win, but the, the losses and the downs are not as low as they used to be. Faustino Flores asked two questions. Hey, Jeff, with the defense playing like dirt, and I'm being kind. Do you see Coach T taking ownership of the defense and calling plays like he did when Butler was the D.C.? He might have more of an influence, but I don't think he's going to call the plays just yet. Also, this is from Faustino. Do you think it's time for Deontay to start the game on the bench? Between his drops and press conferences, I do not see any positives in the near future. I could definitely see Tomlin sending a message saying, hey, first quarter, you're going to be watching. And you just, for his sake, I hope that he doesn't See, whoever's in there doesn't play really well because next thing you know, he might find his way on the bench more often. Will Caldwell says, my fantasy team stinks. Who do I blame? Najee, DJ. I bench them both in hopes they learn their lesson. (laughs) I need help to direct my outrage. Good luck, man. I'm the wrong guy to ask. Trust me. My cousin Chris told you all about that. Justin Pinkster asks, what is the one thing everyone is upset about with the Steelers, but you don't think is a problem? I'm going to say the offensive line. There's a lot of people that still say this offensive line stinks. I'm sorry. I just don't see it that way. Out of all the issues they have, that's not it. Not it for me. King Tibbs. What's the bigger need on this team? A true lockdown cornerback or a true man mauler lineman? Follow up. If a true game changer were available at both spots and the Steelers have a top five draft pick, what would you take first? Okay, I'm not answering the second part because I'm not talking about the draft. I'll take the mauler lineman though. That's what the Steelers need on offense. They need someone that can move bodies. JBI says, in, in looking at the yield from the past decade's first-round draft capital, should the Steelers be surprised where they are now? Some were missed picks, some were injuries, but we don't seem to have gotten much out of the first round that helps the team now. So, I, I, I agree with Shannon White. If you listen to Shannon White on the Steelers' hangover, he said that the Steelers need to start playing for the future. Don't think about players that you draft as right-now picks down the road. Remember, two to three years. I think that's where they should be going as a focus point. But yeah, they haven't gotten the production that most would want from the first rounders. Will Caldwell asked another one: the Steelers' overall team grade on PFF is 17. Offense a uh, 17th overall. Offense is 13th. Defense is 17th. Special teams 14th. Is this just another example of how good PFF is at trolling fans? Underrate, underrate where they are good. Overrate when they are playing terribly. All to drive us mad. I don't honestly like Dave Schofield. He writes the PFF articles for the website, so he has all these numbers. I just, I don't care. I'll trust my own eye test. I don't need someone to tell me if someone played well or not. Aaron Cummings that's not trying to take a turn to negative town. However, after how bad the team looked on Sunday, I just can't see them winning. I, I just can't see them winning a game by the bye week. Even if Tua and Bridgewater don't play for Miami, that's two weeks from now, Pittsburgh has a tendency to make third string quarterbacks look like a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm going on record right now. And I'll say the Steelers will at least win one game before the bye. That's what I think. They might even win two before the bye. Just a gut feeling. Dylan asks, do you think this team's main issue is the players or the coaching? Obviously, players dropping balls and not getting stops. Creating pressures isn't great, but neither is our scheme. Honestly, Dylan, it's both. It is both. And it can be both. It's both. 100% it's both. All right, Leo says, what are your expectations for Sunday against the Buccaneers? Be honest. I know you always are. It's going to be tough. This is a tough game. I'm going to talk about that more on Friday. But it is going to be tough. But this is a winnable game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll tell you that right now. And I'm being completely honest. Evan Savage, I have two. Sorry. Canada is likely gone by season's end. Is there something to letting him go at the bye and being beginning to work for the next year after the bye? Number one, there, who's going to take over? And you have a rookie quarterback, so I don't think that happens. Number two, what are some big changes you believe need to be made going forward to move back into being a true Steelers team? They need to just start stocking up for the future bolstering the lines. If you have your quarterback, you just start building around him. And it's got to be that two to three year window. Like I've been mentioning Aaron Cummings asks a couple, it seems more likely that there will be changes to personnel than to coaching from the offensive side. Does Tomlin temporarily make Warren the primary back going forward as Warren has been showing more production than Najee Harris due to Harris's injury? Maybe, but I think it's more 50 50. If anything, I still don't think they abandoned Najee Harris. Another one, Also, as far as coaching changes go, does Tomlin follow through with what he said in his post-game press conference, or will it merely end up being empty words on his part? Empty words, Aaron. You should have known that. He's not making any changes, at least not heading into week six. David Briggs says, does anything AB do surprise you anymore? Nope, not at all. The dude's a nutcase. Casual Steelers fan, the blowout sucked, but I saw several things that made me excited for the future. I'd be willing to endure some losing seasons if it meant playoffs in the near future. How much of a grace period would you give the organization to turn things around, provided KP8 works out? Huh? Two to three years. <laughs> two to three years. AJ, hey, hi, Jeff. First time, long time. Welcome aboard, AJ. If we recognize that this team... This season is now a rebuild. What metric should we use to evaluate this team's success the rest of the way? I don't think there is a metric that you use outside of wins and losses, but you look at how players are developing, make the the needs of the team glaring, and then they can attack those needs in the off season. So if that's where they're going, that's what they, I don't think you have to think about yardage points, anything like that. you got to look at it more from an organizational standpoint. Andres says, Do you think Najee Harris has a more significant injury than what is being told? To me, he doesn't look right. It's like he has no burst or cutting ability. What do you think? I think that he is banged up. And I also think that they're not helping him out with these run calls they're giving him. So for me, I think it's a little bit of both. It's the offense, it's the team, and it's his not being hundred percent. Sean asks the last one here. I know he's getting paid wide receiver one money, but with Johnson dropping so many passes, why not give Boykin some more snaps? He is a veteran who could bring some leadership to this young wide receiver core. He has proven to have pretty decent hands. Um, You know, that's tough. I mean, miles Boykin could get, he had a nice catch on Sunday. So you may, maybe, I don't know. It's tough, especially if you're trying to get Calvin Austin, the third into the mix as well. They've got a lot of receivers, but not a lot of places to put them. We'll see how that pans out. All right, folks, that does it for me. We went long. I hope you don't mind because I don't mind. I always say if you ask the question, I'm going to give you the answer. If this keeps going this way, though, I might have to have a special mailbag podcast where all I do is answer your questions. Maybe that's where we're going with this thing. We'll see. But in the meantime, I'll be back on Friday. No Jeremy Betts on Friday. We're going old school with Jeff Hartman in the NFL pick segment that's right. We're going to have the primetime music, all that. If you're an OG Ride or Die Crew fan, you know what I'm talking about. We're going to break it down old school on Friday with the NFL picks. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday. My candles burning bright. I sleep for three to four hours every night. I burning oil.